morning. Good morning. Good morning, church. Thank you, brother. Well, good morning, church. We're on week three in our series on nearness. Well, before I get to that, I just want to um, uh, say that I was really blessed by Pastor Mark and Terry last week, just hearing that great and amazing testimony from Terry. Such an amazing thing to hear. Just shows that our God is an amazing God. Amen. And I was just even telling Pastor Mark earlier, yeah, people can argue doctrine, they can argue denomination, but they can never argue a testimony that God is true to His Word. Amen? Amen. So for today, I want to borrow from Pastor Mark's uh, message. I want to borrow a part of it, and from there, we'll, we'll uh, continue with week three. So last week, Pastor Mark began with a, a, a part of his message in the beginning is about the written word. The written word that becomes a revealed word, and allow us, and uh, if you allow it, it will become a living word with you. The, the written word, the Bible, the scripture, 66 books all together, uh, written within the span of about 1,600 years, different uh, writers, different walks of life, but yet one team. You can read it, you can get history, poetry, the things of the past, and things that are about to happen in the future. Amen? But if that's all you do, that's all you will get, a knowledge. And that's why, he's, uh, that's why uh, along with the written word, you need the help of the author of the written word. You need the Holy Spirit. And thank goodness we do have that. And when you combine that together, you take the written word, and with the helper, the Holy Spirit, those written word becomes revealed word. Amen? And just like how in the written word it says that uh, the ways of God are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But as a believer, because we have the Holy Spirit, the, the Holy Spirit actually allows, uh, uh, opens those stuff up for us. It opens the spiritual realm for us so that we are able to see the ways of God and the heart of God. Amen? That's open to us. Uh, and that's why when those rebuild words, or, or when the written word become a rebuild word, then you take that, and that's what will transform you because it now becomes a living word in you. Amen? So, so that's that, and, that, and that's where I followed. I followed exactly what Pastor Mark said, so, uh, uh, and this is what the Lord gave me regarding our series, Week 3, Nearness. He put me in James chapter 4, verse 8, and it reads, Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. At first glance, it seems like what James is saying is that in order for God to draw near to you, you need to first draw near to God. That's what, that's, what it would, that's what it looks like. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Take the first step, and then God will take His own step. That's what it, it looks like. But knowing James, James is the man whose book is, the, the theme of his book is, Faith Without Works is Dead. He's the man that says, if you have faith, then show it with your works. So what it's really saying is this that uh, uh, written all over Scripture, before God invites us or tells us to do something, the Lord God has already done something. He's already taken the initiative, and then He brings an invitation for us to respond to that uh, initiative that He has taken, and then He will move again. So really what, this, uh, what uh, this passage is saying is that the Lord has already drawn near to us, and he's now waiting for us to respond to that drawing in order that God, again, will do the next step. He has already taken the first step. 
So we now have to take a step towards him, and then he'll continue with the second step. Okay, that's what uh, this scripture is saying. I'll show you, right? For example, in Ephesians chapter 2. So, so remember that there's, whenever you come in, in the, uh, whenever there's an instruction in the Bible, you can, you can have the confidence that God has already taken the first step and he's inviting you along with him to take a step. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13, this is what it says. That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That is us. That, is, that was our position before we received Christ. We're all Gentiles. Okay? But now in verse 13 it says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. It was through the blood of Christ that we were brought near. It's not because we went there. In fact, in John chapter 6, it also says that, that nobody can come to Jesus unless the Father himself draws man first. It's always God who takes the initiative to draw man unto himself. We respond. That's our, and our response is what uh, James is trying to get. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So I want to show you that it has always been in, the, in, in God's desire for him to be close to us, to draw near to us. But he's always bringing that invitation, now come, draw near to me. So I'll show you verse by, uh, a couple of verses just to show you that. I've already show, uh, showed you Ephesians chapter, t, the, uh, chapter 2, that it was through the blood of Jesus, Jesus came first, we received what he, uh, what he has given to us, and because of that, we were drawn near or brought near to God. Amen? Isaiah chapter 48, verse 12 and 16. It says here, listen to me. Isaiah, this is where we're, our series is at. The one thing about the, 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 old, the Old Testament prophets, if you read it, it feels like, man, all you, can, all you see are judgment. But hidden, within, hidden in those judgment is actually hope. God always brings out hope out of those judgments. Here's one example. In, in Israel's rebellion, Isaiah says this, Listen to me, O Jacob and Israel, my called. I am he, I am the first, and I am also the last. He said, listen. Listen to what I'm about to say. And what, was, and what, he's, what did he say? Come near to me. Come near to me. That was what God wanted them. Come near to me. You have, you have walked away from me. Come back to me. Even in Malachi, it says, go back to your first love. Come back to me, your first love. Amen? So that, uh, from Isaiah, let me bring you to 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 17. This is King David. Okay? Like what I'm saying, it has always been God's desire to be near us. Uh, King David, or this is Solomon, 1 Kings 8, verse 17. If you've ever wondered why is it that David was called a man after God's own heart, where well, here's that direct answer. It says here, now, it, this is Solomon speaking, the son of David. Now it was in the heart of my father David to build a temple for the name of the Lord God of Israel. It's like, why? Go to Exodus chapter 25, verse 8. The uh, David's heart was to build a temple for the Ark of the Covenant. But before that, Moses was the one that was given instruction by God to build a sanctuary. And here it says in Exodus chapter 25, verse 8, And let them make me a sanctuary that, here's the reason, 
that I may dwell among them. That has always been God's desire to dwell with his people. The, the resting place or the glory of God in the days of Moses was the Ark of the Covenant. So when, uh, but the Ark of the Covenant was something that was uh, portable, temporary. So when David became king, his first agenda, his first policy was, we need to, to bring the Ark of God to Jerusalem. We need to build a temple. So how is that the, the heart and the desire of God? Because God's desire was always to dwell with his people. It was David who said, I want that to be permanent. I want God to dwell in Israel permanently. So therefore, I will build a permanent resting place for the presence of God. That was God's heart to dwell with his people. David's heart was, yes, Lord, I want you here. I don't want you to go anywhere. Genesis chapter 45, verse 10. This is Joseph. Joseph, most of, uh, if you know his story, was uh, sold by his own brother, ended up in Egypt, became the, the, became the second most powerful man in Egypt. When the famine hit, his brothers came. And then finally, when he revealed himself to his brother, his heart was broken, of course. They cried. They had their K-dramas and all of that. But this is finally what he said to his brother, she shall dwell in the land of Goshen and you shall be near me. Joseph is really a foreshadowing of Christ. And if you read his story, it's really a story of Christ. And this is the heart of, of Joseph so that his brothers, his own family can be near him. Another one, Abraham, Genesis chapter 17, verse 1. Abraham has been walking with God for 24 years, and then, all of, and then in verse 17, God tells him this. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, and said to him, I am God Almighty, or I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. The word walk before me is a biblical expression saying, come closer to me. Be closer with your relationship with me. Be in fellowship with me. That's what that means, that it's a biblical expression. And that's why perhaps you've heard like a seasoned believers and pastors say, I've been walking with God for this so many years. And you, you also read this in scripture. So, so what was God uh, calling or inviting Abraham to do? Come nearer to me. Come and, uh, and be closer to me. Another one, Enoch, Genesis chapter 5, verse 22. The same thing, it says, and after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Enoch walked with God for 300-some years. He had a close fellowship with God. He had a close relationship with God. Amen? So as you can see from the very beginning, it's not just now, church, that God is saying, draw near to me. It's not just in the church, uh, it's not just in the time of the churches. It goes all the way back from the very beginning. You can even, uh, and of course you'll find it in the, in the days of Adam. But from the very beginning in the written word, you can see that the heart of God and the desire of God towards his people has always been to be near his people, to dwell with his people. Amen? So going back to James chapter 4, verse 8, so we go back to this invitation. So James says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. 
As you can see, God's heart and desire has always been, I want to be near you. I want to dwell with you. But it's always left us an invitation because we need to respond to that invitation. God will never violate your free choice and your free will to respond to him. Even though it will cost you years of going round and round, but he will never violate. That's why it always is left out as an invitation. Will you draw near to me? I have already drawn near to you. I have I've done everything. Now it's your turn to respond. So how do we respond? How should we respond? R.C. Sproul, who is a, a theologian, was asked a question, uh, I don't know when, but the question that uh, a friend asked him is, what is this big idea about the Christian life? What, so, what, what is it about this Christian life? And he answered with this, the big idea about the Christian life is quorum deo. Quorum deo. Go ahead and show that picture. So how should we respond? We should respond like this. Get a tattoo? No. Okay? I'm not asking you to get a tattoo. I myself don't have a tattoo because every time I see the, needle, the needles, I already feel uncomfortable. Okay? No, I'm not asking you to get a tattoo. Some of you know this. I know some of you have this tattooed on you. Coram Dio. So what was it? What is, uh, what is Coram Dio? So R.C. Sproul says this. Coram Dio is a phrase which literally refers to something that takes place in the presence or before the face of God. So to live a quorum deo life is to live one's life, one's entire life in the presence of God, under the authority of God, and to the glory of God. That's what quorum deo is. It is the essence of the Christian life. To live your entire life under the presence of God, not just on Sunday, Okay, not just on Sunday church time, but on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and if there's an eight day of the week, also that. Amen? Amen? To live in the presence of God is to understand that whatever we are doing, and wherever we are doing, we are acting under the gaze of God. God is omnipresent. There is no place so remote that we can escape his penetrating gaze. That's what it means to live a quorum deal life. Understanding that God is omnipresent, that wherever we are, whatever we're doing, God sees all of that. And to be aware of the presence of God is also, be, is also to be aware of his sovereignty. We recognize that if God is God, then he is indeed sovereign. So we live under a divine sovereignty in, uh, and we recognize that there is no higher goal than offering honor to God. Life in the Son is a church that exists to honor God, amen, and to make disciples in Micronesia and beyond. That's what it is. If you're going to live a quorum deal life, you have to recognize that there really is no other higher goal. Our lives are to be a living sacrifice offered in a spirit of adoration and gratitude. Quorum deal says to be in the presence of God, under the authority of God, and to the glory of God. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, says, Therefore, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Ever thought of that? Have you ever taken a sip of water and said, Lord, for your glory? Come on. For your glory, Lord. Yeah, but Paul uses such a trivial 
action, eating and drinking, and says, give it all for the glory of God. So whether you're a doctor, a nurse, a teacher, a professor, a construction worker, a homemaker, whatever it is that you're doing, whatever vocation you have, it says, do it all for the glory of God. It is not a Sunday life or a Sunday job and then a Monday to Saturday job. No, it's all one. Whatever you do, the quorum day of life is really doing it all for the glory of God. It is a life that is open to God, a life in which all that is done is done unto the Lord. God is ultimately whom we live for. We do not live for others' approval, others' recognition, or, other, or others' admi admiration. We only live for the audience of one, the Lord himself. Amen? So that, I hope, is how we would respond. Going back to James chapter 4, verse 8. Draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. God's heart from the very beginning has always been, I want to be close to you. It sounds like a song. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I want to be near you. And he leaves this invitation to us, will you also come near me? Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you. And I want to leave you with that. Would you also draw near to God? You know, church, this, uh, after we just celebrated our 29 years, there's been this, uh, there's this um, atmosphere that the Lord has really been drawing us closer to him. Even Terry was sharing that last week, how God said, be serious about me. All right? And I really believe that, that God is really drawing us for something, something bigger, something greater that's beyond ourselves. And God is always doing that. Like, but like what I said in the beginning, He has already taken the action. He's already taken the initiative. God always calls us for something much bigger than ourselves. And sometimes it's scary, yes, but we can trust that God is able to do it. Amen. So I just want to pray. Before we dismiss, I just want to pray for us. If that's you and you're feeling that, you're feeling that God has been drawing you to something greater, something higher, or perhaps even just, is this the church for me? If you're still visiting with us and you're still seeing if this is the church, probably God is saying this is the church. Or perhaps you've been in this church and God is saying, join a life group. Or read your Bible more, uh, re read the scripture more. Pray more. Find somebody that you can pray with or pray for or help out. Join the ministry. Join something that the church is doing. Angel tree. Perhaps that's you. That's what you're, that's what you're sensing right now, that God is drawing you. God is drawing you for something bigger than yourself, something greater than yourself. And there's something, there's something that's stopping you. And I just want to pray for you. If that's you, just go ahead and place your hand in your heart. I'm going to pray. And I'm just gonna, we're just all going to believe that, Lord, you have already taken the initiative. You have already told us and you have already shown it in your written word that from the very beginning, your heart for us is to be near us, is to dwell with us, that your presence would always be with us. So, Lord, right now, we just submit our hearts to you. And I pray, Father, that you would remove all these thoughts and all these hindrances, all these roadblocks and walls that's been uh, set before me to pursue more of you. And I just even pray, Father, Lord, as you do that, we would see it with our own eyes that you have something so much more for us, so much more than ourselves, Father. 
And Lord, I pray that as we do that, as we surrender to you, as we take on this quorum deal life, that we would submit everything under your authority. We would do everything for your glory. And we will recognize and be aware that every single day of our lives is live under your presence. So Lord, thank you. We surrender our hearts to you. We surrender our will to you. And thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen? Amen. Well, that's all I have, church. Let's just go ahead. I'll just pray one more time. We'll dismiss. Father, thank you for your, thank you for your word. Thank you for your written word. I thank you, O oh Lord, that through the Holy Spirit, we can see and we can have a peak of the spiritual realm, that we can see your heart, we can see your ways, we can see your mind. And allow us, Father, to uh, take that written word and that revealed word and make it part of our living word. And I pray, Father, that you continue to bless us as church, as a people. I pray, Father, that you protect us as we continue our lives and have your way in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.